Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 1. All legislative powers. The process by which laws were to be enacted by the federal government is clearly outlined in our Constitution. By design, ultimate authority was granted to we the people through the electoral process to hold lawmakers accountable for their decisions and their votes. Rules, regulations, executive orders, legal decisions, or statutes created by any part of the federal government are de facto laws that are enforceable by federal agencies. As long as federal law is ratified within defined constitutional limits, the balance of power has been adequately maintained. The orderly legislative process becomes dysfunctional when federal law is enacted by branches of the federal government or bureaucrats that do not have the constitutional authority to make law or when the laws themselves violate the constitutionally guaranteed rights of individuals. The federal bureaucracy is now making rules and regulations that steal our land and our constitutional rights without legal authority or justification. Rules and regulations made by the bureaucracy carry the same force and effect as laws properly made by Congress with or without presidential approval when their actions amend or abolish our individual rights They have illegally amended the Constitution to fit their agenda without our consent. Bureaucrats are not elected, and therefore we the people have no means to hold them directly accountable for their lawless actions. By allowing unelected bureaucrats to make law, Congress has abdicated its constitutional role as the sole legislative body. A concerted effort by constituents in each congressional district should be undertaken to demand that legislators perform their prescribed constitutional duty and uphold our guaranteed rights. That should be a reasonable option. 
But unfortunately, success is unlikely. The vast majority of our representatives in Washington pay attention to lobbyists instead of their constituents. Our best hope for protecting our rights and controlling our destiny will come from vigorous protest at the local level, interposition, a Christian doctrine from 16th century Germany requires the lesser magistrates to interpose themselves between the higher authorities and the common people, protecting them from oppression and malfeasance. State and county officials have the most to gain and lose by standing with the people. They have the constitutional right and authority to prevent federal theft of private property, looming economic disaster, and the loss of individual freedom from unconstitutional bureaucratic decrees. In this election year, one of the most important principles I will look for in potential candidates is independence from financial bribery. Simply put, are they going to represent we the people or are they going to allow themselves to be bought and paid for like the vast majority of our current crop of federal congressmen? After our commercial break, I will return with a candidate for Congress from the 11th District in North Carolina who just might answer that question. This is Dr. Dan, and I'm back, and I want to introduce to you Christian Reagan, announced candidate for Congress from North Carolina District 11. Christian, thank you for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Dan. So, Christian, let's start uh, by telling us your history. What have you been doing all your life? And what brought you to Western North Carolina? Well, I was born in El Paso, Texas, uh, born and raised in that state. Uh, received my uh, associate's degree from uh, Henderson County Junior College. Worked in the oil fields uh, during the day, went to school at night, uh, worked up in the endurance. Very, very difficult uh, time in my life, you know, going to school, paying for it working in oil fields and especially during the summer months you know it was really really hot but uh growing up i was very very poor so i learned the value of hard work and and how important that was well i finally graduated uh took me three years to to graduate uh going to school at night went to uh southwest baptist university in uh missouri got my bachelor's there went on to uh chicago went to roosevelt university graduate school and uh, finished those studies and then came back to East Texas in 1990. Um, married my wife, uh, Hope. Uh, we've been together for 30 years. We have two kids. I created two companies. Uh, the first company was a Reagan management company, and I had commercial rental properties uh, throughout East Texas. Uh, majority of them I built myself. 
The second thing I did is I had a company called uh, Capital Mortgage, and we, you know, originated uh, loans uh, for about 20 years. But anyway, uh, you know, basically that, that's what I've done my whole life, just uh, work hard, uh, work as an entrepreneur, try to raise my family and and uh, treat people well as a landlord. And so we, we have been coming up to uh, Western North Carolina probably for, well, I don't know, probably the last 15 to 20 years. And we've been coming up here pretty regularly, actually about two or three times a year. We were wanting to move up here in uh, 2009, but Obama got elected and the economy cratered. And when they did, we decided we were just going to stay in Texas and continue to do the things that we've been doing. And uh, finally, uh, we were able to get our kids out of high school. And we decided to, to make the move here. In 2016, we bought some land and uh, commenced with uh, building a cabin. And that started in 2017. And then we moved here in 2020. Sounds like a pretty typical story from people who uh, I like the fact that you worked hard, that you had to put yourself through school. That really teaches you uh, what is necessary to be successful without someone handing it to you on a silver platter. That's incredible. Uh, being successful in business and coming up here and realizing this is a pretty great place to live. Um, and uh, that's really a pretty common story here. A lot of people do that. And once they're here, they want to be part of our community and things like that. Uh, and that's really, I think that's incredible. I think it's fantastic. The obvious question is, uh, now you're here, you're retired, things are going good. You've got your kids going through their lives. So then you decide to undertake probably one of the most difficult things, one of the most rewarding and potentially unpleasant things you will ever do in your life. Probably a lot worse than working in the oil fields in the summer in Texas, and that is running for public office. So playing devil's advocate, what, what made you do that kind of a foolish thing? Well, Dan, we came up here to semi-retire. I don't think I'll ever retire. Uh, currently, I have a, a small uh, mortgage business called uh, Smoky Mountain. And my wife, she's a graphic designer. And so we just came here to semi-retire. I had no intention of running office, much less running office. But with 2020, uh, the election results and how that played itself out and the lack of accountability, and I, and of course, you know, since January 1st, 2021, uh, we live in a different country. And the things that we see today are things that I would have thought were impossible three years ago. And so I see tyranny on the horizon. And, you know, I guess my, my, my main goal in life was to, you know, I'm a Christian, uh, been saved for many, many years and, commit my life to God, try to do the right thing. And, and of course, my, my second uh, commitment is to my family. And I've been faithful to my wife for 30 years. And uh, my two kids, they're, they're grown. They're, they're both uh, college graduates. Uh, they love God, they love family, and they love country. So, you know, those are the things that, that I really cared about uh, in my life. And 
I never really thought about running for politics, uh, especially at this level. But I just sense the urgency, the need for people like myself to stand up for America. And, uh, and we really are fighting for the soul of America. I mean, we are up against socialist, communist. Uh, we're against people that really want to transform this country into a nation that our founders would not recognize. And so I sense the urgency and I just have this drive to, to do this. And I, Dan, I, I, I just believe that I'm going to be successful. I really do. You know, um, you echo again, pretty much everything that I believe um, in our current battle. Um, I call them authoritarians collectivists, um, one of the things the left does so so just with great ease is they co-opt the good words and they make them, they turn them into different meanings. Uh, most of the young people today, when you say socialism or socialist, they have absolutely no idea of what you're talking about. Uh, they think socialist means you take care of people. Uh, yeah, socialists take care of people, all right. Uh, if you don't agree with them, they kill you, put you in prison. Uh, and socialism, we know, we know because of history, uh, we know what socialism really is. So when you use the word socialism, it's easily um, misconstrued by the people we need to we need to talk to we need to convince which is why i call them authoritarians or collectivists uh, i think that's easier to to discuss um but you've really echo echoed so many of my thoughts uh and uh yeah if people don't stand up now they don't get off the sofa uh, our country is kind of doomed. And uh, and you know that, don't you? Yes, sir, I do. Uh, I've been to about 50 events that we've done across the district. And uh, I, I think the, the thing that uh, most people have in common today is uh, their fear of losing this country. And 2024, in my opinion, is the last best hope for America. People have got to stand up. They've got to get engaged. Uh, they're aware of the tyranny that's on the horizon. Uh, all the things that you talked about, they're concerned about that. And I think 2024 is going to be a year unlike any other year in my life politically. And I, I even have local friends that, that I've grown up with, and and they're they're amazed at what they see. People are very aware of what's going on. They're extremely engaged, and people like myself. Uh, that do not have the support of corporations, the, the lobbyists, the corporations, the global elites. Um, you know, people like myself, I, I think we have a real good shot of replacing these rhinos in, in the House of Representatives. So I'm, uh, I'm very encouraged what I see in the district. Um, I, I do see the need of re-educating the, the youth. It's unfortunate that, uh, our tax dollars are being uh, used to uh, uh, indoctrinate these, these kids. 
to not teach them the uh, true history of America and uh, to teach them to hate uh, how we do things in America. It's crazy. But, you know, it's amazing. The uh, educational system, I think on average, we spend about $19,000 per student. And for that kind of money, you would think that the product would be much better than what it is now. And of course, that's carried over to the universities too. And my kids uh, recently, you know, they both graduated and uh, they had to overcome a lot as conservatives. And they shouldn't have to do that. You know, when kids go to school, it should be about learning. It, it should it should be about uh, learning the process of life and being successful and having the tools to do that. And unfortunately, they don't have them. You know, uh, and, and that's really a very important point, and that is education. You and I, you and I were alive when the communist threat from Russia was real. When we were concerned that their nuclear arsenal could be used to annihilate us, uh, yeah, we had the hope of deterring that by mutually assured destruction. But you never knew. And they were on the rise during the during the 60s. And, you know, they were definitely on the rise with revolutions all over the globe. And many of us were concerned. We had our, our backs to the wall. Uh, and we knew when, when Khrushchev came to this country and banged his shoe, on the podium at the UN, we had a real glimpse of what these people were like. They were barbarians. They were, and, and we knew from history, we knew what we knew what dictators did, like like Hitler. Maybe we were not born quite at that time, but close enough to hear from our fathers uh, and certainly our grandparents what life would have been like if Adolf Hitler had been successful. So we had a firsthand view of socialism, the purpose of which is uh, communism, according to Lenin and Stalin. Uh, our current crop of children do not have that example. The Berlin Wall came down. They have no idea what tyranny is like. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I... Boy, we just have a lot to to really recover from. You know, I remember those days, and and I remember being a student and and learning the value of of, of democracies across the the globe and in our constitutional republic and what it meant to the people and our personal freedoms and and of course, you know the. Uh, the, the correct definition of communism and socialism and what the end result of that would be. And we're just going to have to re-educate the, the younger people. Now, what gives me hope is that a lot of these guys that graduate from high school and from college, you know, when they get in the real world and they get their first paycheck and they realize the taxes that are being paid and, and they begin to, you know, make a life for themselves and, and they they realize the difficulties. And, you know, I think a lot of those guys are going to become conservative. So that, that gives me hope that just the application of life is going to re-educate them. So that, that's a good thing. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. 
Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. The original sin Everything, everything, everything. 